Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of VR in Education. In today's episode, I want to talk about the hacking of popular immersive VR applications, mostly for educational purposes. When I talk to a lot of educators who are interested in getting into higher-end VR like the Oculus Rift or the HTC Vive or even now the new Valve Index, they're reluctant because they don't really believe there's a lot of explicit content available for them that directly connects to their curriculum. Well, in today's episode, I want to talk about how we might change our lens of focus by, air quotes, hacking current VR games and applications for learning opportunities. So, hacking is often thought of as breaking illegally into someone's computer to gain access to their files. However, the word has evolved recently to mean a lot more than that. Some believe that hacking might be characterized as an appropriate application of ingenuity. So for example, life hacks are little ways that we can make our lives easier. These low budget tips and tricks can help you organize and even declutter space. They can prolong and maybe preserve your products or simply just teach you something like how to tie a full Windsor knot that you simply did not know before. So what might this look like for those embarking on using VR applications? Well, given the right context, many popular VR applications, many of which are on Steam, can have a sound connection to 21st century curriculum. So let me give you three popular immersive VR applications that might be hacked for better alignment to learning outcomes. And more importantly, lots of people might not have believed they actually had a sound educational purpose. So number one, tilt brush. I know, okay, I know, you're like, wait a minute, I totally know that tilt brush is for art. But hear me out. So when I first entered tilt brush, I was in awe. It's quite magical. You're able to draw and create in 3D with a plethora of different mediums, duct tape, paint, sparkles, etc. But after 10 minutes of me mucking around in there, given that I'm not very artistic, I was left wondering what, what to do next. But given the right context and concepts, Tilt Brush can be an amazing learning application for all types of students, even the ones that aren't necessarily super artistic and creative. So let's picture the following situation with Tilt Brush. We know that conflict, like war, and weathering, and even modernization are all processes which may act as agents of change to enable a culture to keep important artifacts which represent the identity 
and historical fabric of a group of people. What I mean by that is the following. If you're worried about keeping culture, one way that culture can be eroded is through artifacts. And these artifacts are eroded through several mechanisms that I mentioned before. So for example, during World War II, the Nazis we know stole and destroyed several monuments, pieces of art, and other artifacts. So what if the application of tilt brush let us paint in 3D space or virtual reality to archive these important artifacts? Would this be possible? Should we use immersive VR like tilt brush to create a digital representation of these artifacts and then actively safeguard cultural identity? Well, it's this kind of inquiry or conceptual understanding or underpinning that could be or set the stage for students to use the program like Tilt Brush in a very meaningful inquiry-based way. I can't help but think about Canadian culture because I'm Canadian and I know totem poles are an important part of Canadian culture. But again, think of all the weathering and erosion that totem poles go through. Could we use Tilt Brush to have students recreate various types of totem poles to see whether it's a possible medium to archive important cultural artifacts? It's this conceptual journey that I think would make Tilt Brush a valuable application beyond just painting and art. Example number two. Google Earth VR. So Google Earth VR lets us zoom around the world to explore cities, monuments, and different landscapes like the Grand Canyon. And it's a, it's a highly immersive 3D experience like nothing you probably ever felt before with a high-end headset like the HTC Vive or the Oculus Rift. So we can fly around to areas and simply discover. And I've done this. Alas, after a few minutes of fascination, many of the users are left wondering, okay, so what, or what do I do next? Well, picture the following scenario. What if we set the stage for the following? We know that traveling the world has many positives and negatives. And I'm not talking about virtual travel, I'm talking about physical travel, using an airplane, a train. So on the positive side, a person gets to see, hear, smell, and taste parts of the world that they've never seen or experienced before. And this may lead to greater understanding and empathy for different groups of people, their cultures and religions. But on the negative side, travel can be hard on the wallet, definitely hard on the body with jet lag, and even more importantly, hard on the environment with carbon emissions, etc. So traveling can be expensive, food, lodging, etc. 
So could a person use immersive virtual reality as a viable and maybe a sustainable alternative to physical travel? Immersive VR claims that what we see in the virtual world is almost as authentic and real as the physical world. So in this learning application, Google Earth VR, we could put this claim to the test. Google Earth VR lets you explore the world from totally new perspectives in VR. A person can stroll the streets of Tokyo, they can soar over the Grand Canyon, or walk around the Eiffel Tower to see if they could use this powerful medium as a substitute for physical travel. The well-being of people and our precious Earth depend on humanity to move toward a more sustainable future. So could VR tourism play a role in this? We could have students discover this inquiry and compare and contrast maybe what it's like to tour Chicago physically versus touring Chicago using Google Earth VR. Example number three, my last example. Ricky's Plank Experience. So Ricky's Plank Experience is an application where we're invited to walk into a building, take an elevator with lovely music to the top floor of a high rise building. The doors open on the elevator and we see a plank in front of us that hovers over the building, allowing us to walk onto it 80 stores above a city. So it's totally thrilling and exciting, pushing our limits of fear and how we experience and connect. However, is this educational? Well, consider the right context. What if we hacked it, in other words? VR proponents claim that virtual reality is one of the only mediums that can accomplish what we call embodiment, whereby the user perceives themselves inside the body of another user, which is an avatar. So in Ricky's Plank experience, you have this avatar, you can see your hands, and the user supposedly believes they are in another person's shoes, so to speak. Their emotions, their physiological behaviors are based on the actions of the avatar that's in the virtual world. So in this educational, well, possible educational application, can we put this to the test? Does virtual reality accomplish human embodiment? One part of Ricky's Plank experience allows us, when we get on that elevator, go up to the 80th floor of a busy city and walk out on the plank to truly experience fear and anxiety. But do we? Is there a way for us to test this? We might use some sort of scientific experiment where we strap a heart rate monitor onto the person's wrist, like a Garmin watch or an Apple watch, and calculate whether there's a spike in heart rate as a consequence of a person going up the elevator and across the plank. Or more importantly, what if we had a person experience this over several days or weeks? 
would they get used to it in VR? Some studies say that when people are subjected to heights, that over time they get more comfortable and re they reduce their anxiety based on a fear of heights. So in closing, these are just three small examples of how virtual reality applications could be hacked or used for educational purposes. A closing story. So I recently came, have come back from a summer tour of the Mediterranean. Whilst traveling, we were able to see many important historical sites to gain a stronger sense of history and culture of that area. So we toured the ruins of Pompeii and we visited Sagrada Familia, a beautiful church in Barcelona. In both cases, my family and I opted for a tour guide to ensure that we were shepherded and counseled with the right experience to maximize our learning of these areas. Providing students with comprehensive learning guides for VR applications is almost like having a tour guide. These thought-provoking documents can point students in the right direction. So a well-crafted learning slash tour guide for virtual reality might include things like what's the essential idea? What's the goal of the VR application? What are some possible learning objectives? What are key concepts and vocabulary? What are some pre-game guidelines and questions that they should think about and ruminate over before they enter the VR space? And then probably just as importantly, what are some post-game application experiences? What are some questions they need to consider once they've exited the VR space? If you're interested in learning more about establishing lesson or content guides, Springboard VR will be adding a huge section to their online portal to support users who are looking at jumping into virtual reality applications. So if you want to know or learn more about what these might look like, have a look at springboardvr.com edu. Otherwise, you could send me an email. My email is cfrelick at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.